to help support this podcast and get exclusive bonus content and rewards, make a monthly pledge at patreon.com slash universe box. And, and remember, remember to, to think, think outside. Is this really necessary? You're lucky you're not locked in Granny's freezer. Take it off. Or I tell Arthur he just welcomed the dark one into his... What's that, sis? I can't hear you. No one here knows who we are, and it's going to stay that way. So you can either behave and pretend to be my mute handmaiden, or go back to Granny's. We can rely on Doc for prenatal care. from Storybrooke. I'm Bill Meeks. And I'm Anne-Marie DeSimone. And this is Grumpy's Wingman. And we also <laughs> talked about ABC's hit series, Once Upon a Time. How you doing, Anne-Marie? I'm tired. How Me, are you? I, I'm pretty tired myself. <laughs> I'm pretty tired myself, but we're back here. But it's here. okay. It's going to be awesome tonight. 8.30 p.m. EST, uh, Monday night at live.universebox.com, and now, actually, on Alpha Geek Radio. Alpha Geek Radio. So if you can't tune in live on Monday nights, 8.30 30 p.m. EST at live.universebox.com with our chatters like Other Emery, Hope. Uh, who else is in there? Who else is uh, in there? There's here? a whole party. Let's see. There's Angel, Angel Bobby, Bobby Hope, Hope, May, Other Emery, and Sage of Earth. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be some more people popping in there shortly. But if you can't make it to the YouTube event, you can check us out now on live audio stream at alphageekradio.com. Uh, for for now, we're on the special events channel uh, yes. for, uh, for greetings from Storybrooke, but hopefully uh, we might graduate to the main channel sh- soon. Our other show, Universe Box, is already there. Universe Box is the big guy. Yeah, but the thing is, this is a, a prime time for podcasting, I guess. Yeah. So well, it's a, little a prime cool. time for TV. It's a prime time for podcasting. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, if you guys if you guys need to find out how to tune in there, uh, just go to tunein.alphageekradio.com and you can get it on your iPhone, your Roku. Uh, I still think that's so cool that you Apple can Radio. Which, Apple Radio? Yeah, all, all sorts of stuff. Dude, we are so cool now. I know. I know. We're all over the place. <laughs> I seriously didn't know and if, it, <laughs> if anyone's uh, tuning in from Alpha Geek Radio, let uh, us know. Definitely. Tell and, us uh, how it is. Pleased to have you along with us uh, for our Once Upon a Time podcast. Woo-hoo! Okay, Anne Marie, I guess uh, we might as well go ahead and get started with our uh, episode discussion here. Why don't you go ahead and hit us up with the rhyming episode summary? The curse has been cast. The Dark One is free. Merlin and Dopey are both stuck as trees. Back at King Arthur's, he's throwing a ball. Percival spying and prepping a brawl. Henry has romance while Hook loses his. Bad can be sexy, but Emma's got frizz. <laughs> Despite all the haters, Regina is nice. But what is she willing to pay on the price? The price! The price! The price! Is right. The price! Ha ha! All magic comes with the price, dude. All magic does come with the price. Uh, what, what do you give uh, this episode's <sighs> price, Amory? Or rather, your rating for my rate? I was like, wait a minute, we're rating things already. Yes, um, we are. I just, uh, you know, just a general impression. What you think about it? I want to be like, yeah, but I feel a lot more like. Meh. Meh? I'm the only one, and they're going to like start throwing things at me. Their swords are going to come through the chat room, but... I know. I was going to say, like, I, I, feel... I didn't catch that impression hardly anywhere. No, it's just you. me. I am just the queen of meh. You're the odd gal out this week, I Par guess. Par for the course. <laughs> Par for the course. As for me, I liked it. <laughs> oh, I guess I should ask you. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, huh? So you liked no, it. No, it's totally you fine. You liked it so much you tweeted it out of last night. <laughs> yes, I did. I was like, I loved it. I can't wait to talk about it. No, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought I thought it was really solid. I, and, you know, one thing about this season of Once is I just – I have no idea where it's going. And that really excites me because – I you know there were points last season I didn't know where it was going but a lot of times I really didn't care all that much either yeah, the until the author episodes, came in yeah. and stuff yeah <laughs> uh, but this ep- this season I'm I'm really engaged with it really uh, speculating on characters and everything but you know we'll go ahead and get right into the main discussion here totally okay so first of all they they do a little bit more about the the uh, kind of dark one mythology not just the mythology uh, but just kind of like uh, the logic behind the dark one too. Uh, first of all, uh, we find out that, you know, all magic comes with a price, dearie. See, that wasn't just a rumply thing. 
Yeah, it wasn't Rumple being poetic. It was li- literally there's a price uh, <laughs> to be price. paid for magic, a literal price, and it's not just karma or anything like that. It's like there's a there's a there's a price collector uh, in the form of a fury <laughs> flying around, you know. So I, I I do think it was very interesting that it was meant literally, and I also thought that you know considering that it also makes a lot of sense that Rumple in his story uh, Brooke persona what was loves me well he loves making deals as the dark one well, and then he's he, ne- a, he then he's a pawnbroker in storybrook does he necessarily love making deals i or do a, a, let me finish my sentence well let me finish mine i had a point within your point i didn't want to wait i'd forget okay fine i'll forget it okay no but uh he 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 uh was it, it, it it's interesting because he wants to make someone else responsible for paying the price and then skim off the top just like a pawnbroker you know he he would do, make these favors with people so he would have uh other people do the bad thing that you know comes with the price so he didn't have to pay the price and he got the profit from it you know just like a pawnbroker mm-hmm. but uh, go ahead sorry it's it's not that i'm being rude it's just that i'm so tired that i don't want to lose concentration or i'll never and that's why i wanted to do it too um no i was gonna say you say that it, you know uh that he likes making deals does he necessarily he's kind of been at it for 300 and some years it may have mm. been fun in the beginning but i feel like no i don't i don't know it doesn't seem that was my only it, it's stupid now that we've gone through all this continue well i don't know he's he's still making deals in storybrook like well, he no, made right deal- now he's laid up in the back room yeah yeah he's, <laughs> he's making deals in his own mind palace yeah uh, no but i mean he made deals with emma uh, when she came to no, town, yeah. is something I uh, I, I recall. Uh, but uh, more about like the Dark One revelations in this episode. Uh, it, it's very obvious that the Dark One is very upset because his human host uh, keep being held back from their true dark potential mm-hmm. by their loved ones. You know, and I, I really like it because it explains why Rumple's desire to separate himself from the dagger and to you know gain more and more power was ultimately. More more important than Bell than Bell or Neil or anyone else because I mean you know Bell says in this episode that her her kiss kind of broke through and got to the man beneath the dark one but ultimately uh, the dark one uh, it's gonna win yeah yeah he was too powerful and he was probably it probably in some other form I'd imagine but kind of uh, whispering in Rumple's ear no no you got to do this you gotta you gotta you gotta separate yourself from this dagger because it's holding you back you know perhaps from that chair in the corner where he just would turn and dot oh wait no that's Emma <laughs> yeah that's a that's the crazy crazy that's Emma who, the crazy lady who Merida was spooked by uh, I'm spooked <laughs> by her you, you know in a, one other thing I just wanted to say is that it, you know King Arthur in the flashback this week says that we're well aware of the demon now I know that the dark one and entity comes from merlin and everything but i wonder if he ever ran into rumple you know throughout the course of uh, all their adventures and travels and everything like because I, I i mean i think that would be an interesting thing like if rumple had popped into camelot for some some period of time oh but then again well, I mean, they, they there, knew there's the some dark t- one but there's mm-hmm. other things going on there yeah and there's other dark ones too and there's right. also some timeline stuff that we'll get into later that might might uh, preclude that the whole uh, world's timey-wimey okay. anything a uh, good coming from over here in the chat room i didn't here. know i don't know all i know is bobby's on team and marie with feeling like this was very meh uh-huh hope said maybe neil paid uh rumple's price for everything <laughs> um rumple is the bell of the season ha yeah just <laughs> laid just up asleep. in the shop yeah that, that true yep. words never spoken oh uh also i i just wanted to point out that they didn't use the official name for cruella uh, Maleficent. no they did they called them the trio of terror not the spice girls of evil and you know what that's where they went wrong but i enjoyed that entire discussion mm-hmm. where he's like you know we can deal with this we can deal with pan we can deal with the snow queen we can't deal with this done yeah, the person who was ultimately over. responsible for defeating all those villains is now the villain, so bye. Yeah. Until, and... until Dopey becomes a tree. Oh. Dope tree. I didn't... He, 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 doesn't, he doesn't have any less lines in the show than he did before. Nope. So that's nope. good. Nope. Okay. So... <laughs> oh, and Bobby also thinks that we won't see full Dark Swan until we see her in Camelot flashbacks. We got a little bit of her on her hand. Yeah. Yeah, the skin. That, that skin condition, that Dark One skin condition. Glitter. It's called <laughs> Glitter. <laughs> I'm just swimming to the dark one. No. Um, okay. Slightly off topic. Not really. I do not understand why they lied to King Arthur from the beginning. Oh, about the savior thing? About all of it. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, is there something that says that the dark one and the savior cannot be the same person? 
Probably not. And if so, they don't know it. Mm-hmm. Only Blue does and who knows where she's at. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I get that it's a little scary. You don't want to tell this guy like, hey, we're bringing the dark one into Camelot. Uh, mm-hmm. You know something. Oh, no, I just thought of something. Go ahead and finish your point. Okay. Just keep touching your finger. You'll remember. <laughs> um, but like they had the dagger to control her. Mm-hmm. Like she couldn't have gone too, 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 too crazy. Hopefully. Yeah. But it would have made their reason for wanting to find and save Merlin so much stronger if they go, look, we have this person. She sacrificed herself for this person. Here are these people. We have to save the Dark One from herself. Yes! That would have been nice. And also, we probably wouldn't have had that big sword fight at the ball. We wouldn't have have the Fury and Mm -hmm. the Grim Reaper in a boat. Was it just me or was Regina kind of like like, kind of uh, rubbing it in to Emma that she was the savior now a little bit? Just a little. Just a a little little bit. But I mean, you know, you're the savior, but you're not. (laughs) Okay, so what I was thinking, and I, I, a couple of my theories this week have to do with a, a, a character from King Arthur, Morgana Le Fay, Merlin's kind of rival uh, wizard. What if Blue is Morgana? Or has she been cast? I don't know if Morgana's been I, cast. Right. I don't know much about that, mm-hmm. so I can't really speak to it. That's fair. I know the name. I'm sure I've read at least one story. Mm-hmm. It's probably been 20 years. Yeah, but back to your point, though. Like, <laughs> oh, Arthur, okay. Arthur was also very forgiving when he found yeah. out that Regina was Camelot is the land of second chances. Don't I'm worry like, about you it, know Regina. What? It's all he good. He knew. I think he knew. Mm-hmm. I, oh, this sort of – okay, this sort of pulls into one of my other things. Which kind of oh, yeah, you can go ahead and talk about it. I know. I'm to. going to. Oh, maybe I didn't put it there. Doop, doop, doop. Okay, I'm just going to say it. Um, so who enchanted the stuff for Percival? Mm-hmm. So see, it's sort of jumping yours, but relevant to yours. It all does this. Yeah, definitely. Um, like, like I don't, it, we didn't see any magical um, Camelot people. Man, come on. <laughs> <laughs> like who was doing that? But maybe because because. Um, Arthur was so forgiving, maybe he already knew because of, well, the amulet. Let's just be honest. It's Sophia the First up in here. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what it's sort of, maybe he was the one who did that. Maybe he was able to see all that too. That could be. I don't know. Maybe he has an in with a wizard. You know, I, I did just check and uh, they haven't cast a Morgana Le Fay yet. I know they're talking in the chat room a little bit saying, no, she should be her own person, this, that, and the other. But at the same time, Blue has been shady Blue for so long that it feels like that would be a really good character for her to actually be. Yes. And I would really kind of like to see the story of how Morgana Le Fay became the Blue Fairy, too. That would be a lot of fun. And and why she's been running schemes for so long. But you know who else is running schemes? Uh, Yes. Who I think has been running schemes. I agree with you, too. I think that Arthur and Guinevere are responsible for this new curse, for all of the badness that has gone on. I bet you... (gasps) Oh! What? I bet somehow whatever this magic thing is, they're responsible for Merlin actually being in the tree. I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be surprised and I I would actually guess I didn't that, actually read your so I don't know if that's Yeah, but I, I would actually guess that it was maybe uh Guinevere yeah. is is more involved than Arthur maybe even because you know, it, it's uh obvious that they need uh they need Excalibur reunited with the Dark One dagger because if his people find out that he doesn't have the the whole, whole sword the whole Excalibur, he's out of a job, you know, and, uh, you know, his whole kingdom crumbles. So it's obvious that's a big motivation for him. And that's why he's been waiting for this prophecy to come true so he could reunite them, you know. But where were the prophecies? In Merlin's head. He told told them. But how? To Arthur. But is that necessarily said? Yeah. Yeah. He says that Merlin told us that that you would come here to there. But there's so many in different forms of everything. A prophecy is delivered in a different fashion. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if he wrote down, you know, he had these visions and he wrote them down. Or if there's the globe thingies like in Harry Potter <laughs> where somebody witnesses. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's just that like, Merlin is like, hey, this is the deal. He was this like, is this what... is going to happen in 15 years. Show up on this day. But and I'm have not going to tell you how. Right. You know, so I, I think. That Arthur and Guinevere had had some uh, some hand in ca- casting this curse, and 
getting Emma to the point where she could reunite the two weapons. But alternatively, maybe Arthur and all the people from Camelot got pulled over into our world so Excalibur would be as well. Maybe they had to pull over everybody in order to get maybe whoever did it. Uh, uh, you know. See, now I like your whole thing that they cast the curse. Uh-huh. That wasn't this point, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I kind of think it was Emma, though, because it's in the, the Dark One cave. Yeah, yeah, but I'm, I I, I don't know, though, because I mean... Maybe... They're not going to pull it over in a curse and mm-hmm. it not appear where they can get to it. But remember, Rumpel couldn't cast the curse on his own because he had, he had no loved one to sacrifice. So in, a in curse. Emma obviously didn't sacrifice. No, but even when they curse, cast the curse to oh, bring them back from, pan, yeah. yeah, to bring them back with yeah, Oz yeah, and yeah. all that, you know, uh, they had to sacrifice a love, half of uh, Charming's heart, I believe, if I remember correctly. Oh, his whole heart. So, because now so they Emma, share. yeah, so Emma had nobody over there who she could sacrifice, no loved one she could sacrifice. I, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe she could have sacrificed her own, but that would have been weird. So, I mean, I, I, if someone else cast the curse... Maybe they had to bring Arthur and all those other folks over to get Excalibur okay. into town. And plus, okay. you know, Emma's house really reminded me a lot of like a modern American take on the castle in Camelot or something. You know, it, it seemed oh. like it seemed like that same kind of style. I mean, I, it, it's a stretch to say a castle looks like a house, but if a castle can look like a house, that house looked a bit like a castle. You know what I mean? And how did Regina know where it was? I guess how the did, bug parked outside. How did... Okay, so if Emma didn't cast the curse, how mm-hmm. come she hits her memories still? Because I, I think... Uh, she, I, she Remember, Gold had his memories through the curse. No. Yeah, he, he did. Had, no, no, no. They didn't. They started coming back to him, but he didn't have them immediately. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a right away thing. No, I, th- I, th- I, think, I think it was. I think we rediscovered that in our commentary rewatches. But, uh, you, you know, uh, one thing... Uh, <laughs> it, 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 it's obvious that King Arthur and... It, particularly Guinevere are up to something. And if I had to guess right now, I'd, I'd, I'd say that it's probably Guinevere more than King Arthur. Cause King Arthur seems reluctant to lie, but at the same time, he doesn't want to disappoint his people where I think, uh, Guinevere just seemed kind of shady. And plus, if you know the whole story of King Arthur, you know, she was sleeping with Lancelot and everything or in love with Lancelot. I, and you know, running games on King Arthur anyway. So I wouldn't be surprised if she wasn't revealed as the bad, bad of the season, a big bad, or at least someone, you know, partially responsible. And I, I kind of got the impression in that reuniting scene in the field with the tents and everything. They both knew what was up. Or at least the Guinevere did. Yeah. Like King Arthur seemed genuinely happy to, to see her. And she was like, Oh, Hey Arthur, you know, but so I, I, I think, I think Guinevere's up to something. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Okay. Uh, Elsie says in the chat room, gold didn't have his memories until. Until Emma came to town, that's, but you know, Story, Storybrooke was... technically probably has a savior now with Regina. So that doesn't disprove my point. Yes, it does. You said he had them all along, and I said no, and you said you're wrong. And now Elsie has proved me correct. No, I was saying that he had them in season one during the curse, before the curse was broken. No. That's all I was saying. Oh, okay. Well, you didn't actually say that. So up here you said it. Out here you didn't. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, so we were all concerned about Robin getting stabbed by Percival. I get that. Mm-hmm. But Charming... Percy. <laughs> Don't do that when I'm talking. But, but Percy, no. But Charming leapt across a ballroom and killed Percival in two seconds flat. And no one mentions that <laughs> Charming just killed a man. Well, we were also very concerned about Emma killing Cruella in self-defense last season. But when Charming does it, it's fine. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Old school rules. Old Men can do it and women can't. That's the old school rules. <laughs> the king yeah. can do it, but his daughter can't. Um, okay, we already talked about that. Oh, okay, because we talked about the powers mm-hmm. um, with the sword and the, the necklace thing. But another thing. Emma is standing there in front of everyone talking to a chair, and they mm-hmm. take her word for it that she's okay? Yeah. If yeah. I just start turning to this lamp over here and talking to it and completely ignoring anything else that's going on, no, I'm fine, be quiet, and I'm talking to this lamp, no. Are you like, okay, Emery? I'm wonderful, thank you. Okay, well, that's fine then. Exactly. Let's go about our business. <laughs> hey, here's some more magical powers. Have at power! I uh, know, but yeah, Emma's pretty... I, I did appreciate, though, that after she felt kind of the, the draw of that power from healing Robin Hood, that she immediately was like, hold on, let me try True Love's Kiss because this is too good. Like, Is that what it was? Yeah, that's the impression that I got was that 
she felt the dark one ki- powers kind of overtaking her, and she was like, well, let me try and kiss my true love again to see if that'll help. Re- get me my fix, you know what I mean? And I interpreted it differently. I interpreted that the power, or the using the power Made her a little randy? A little bit, yeah. I, there that might was have the been surge an that I saw. There might have been an element of that, too. Oh, there's that. I was like, <laughs> She's not doing that. She's, you know, doing that. <laughs> yeah, she's a little crazy. Though. Anything cool coming from the chat room here? I don't even know. There's so many people going on. Talk to the lamp, Amber. <laughs> See, I, 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 I do know that, yes, Emma did say that she cast the curse, but she also said in the diner that everyone in the diner was responsible for her turning completely dark. And then immediately this episode, she's like, no, Henry, it wasn't you. No, not Anyone you. but you. Right. I Like, I, honestly, and I might bring this up a little bit later, but I, I really think that emma's running games on people but we'll, we'll get to they're that. all running games everybody's running games on everybody See, else i can't even sure. just go shady shady blue it's just shady shady everybody. <laughs> shady shady everybody shady. well why don't we talk about shady shady us for a minute and tell people how they can support shady shady us amory why don't you go ahead and tell them a little bit about the patreon hi we have this thing it's called a patreon over at patreon.com slash universe box where you can make a monthly donation towards supporting our three weekly full audio video multiple streaming craziness podcast <laughs> we do A, Greetings from Storybrooke, B, Legends of Gotham, about Fox's Gotham. We'll be going tomorrow, 8.30 p.m., right here. Mm-hmm. And we have also have Universe Box, which is stories set to a theme, which um, goes live Thursdays at 8.30 p.m., also at live.universebox.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, last week, we talked about chocolate. I advise you go watch that episode. We OD'd on chocolate. Yep. I still can't eat sugar. Yeah, I'm still like... Shaking. I had a brownie, a, a, a small brownie and a small cheesecake yesterday, and mm. I still can't do it. But anyway, I digress. Amy Patreon- asks if Emma cast the curse, does that make her mayor? Yes. Okay, oh, sorry, go ahead. God. <laughs> That's why Emma, she has the, the nice house. That's why she has the nice house. It's not a nice house. It was crappy on the inside. Oh, it's a nice house. I like she it. She needs a decorator. Bothered. How did Regina know where it was? Go ahead. She was magic there. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. Monthly donations starting at 10 cents. We have all sorts of rewards, different levels. Mm. We'll sing you a song. We'll sing us a story. Sing, sing us. Ra- I don't know. I'm sing too tired. me something once, once upon, upon a time. time. That's for you, Amy. Um, we'll write you a letter. We'll do a podcast with you. We're going to start sending out merch. So yeah, we're going to be sending out some stickers this month to our October supporters that just all cleared through uh, recently. Woohoo! So if you'd like to make a contribution, um, make more of this crazy, crazy show, you uni- or yeah, patreon.com slash universe slash universe. I was going universe bo- box slash Patreon and I'm, where are you going? Where are you going? Do it, do it, do it. Universe Boxio. That's not the one I was expecting. Universe yeah. Boxio. There we go. Sing me a story. Sing me a rhyme. Sing the power that happened once upon a time. Sing a story. I'm surprised those people haven't found us yet. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> we play we, it like We have every never two got weeks. a copyright hit for that. I guess no one cares about copyright anymore. But thank you to our 32 patrons uh, yes, giving us $206 a month over at patreon.com slash universe box. <laughs> Remember to think outside and sing me a story sometime, please. Okay, so I guess we should get back into our main discussion here. Sure. Okay. Do it. So I, you know, I, as I was mentioning, you know, sort of a timing issue. Uh, Arthur mentions that he received the prophecy from Merlin about a decade ago. Yeah. Which, as we saw in last week's episode, Merlin was in Minneapolis oh. in '89. So okay. sometime between '89 and you know modern day, 2005-ish. Yeah, like within like a couple decades of being in Minneapolis when Emma years. was a this kid. Is a Fifteen year thing. Yeah, he he made it back to Camelot to make this prophecy. So uh, last well, week we were operating on the assumption that he was stranded on our world or something like that. Or at least I was. So obviously that's not the case. So I'm wondering why how, why did he come to our world just to tell him that? And why did he go back to Camelot to make this prophecy? And who turned him into a tree? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. All sorts of questions. Uh, like, Oh, my other points, like there's like mm-hmm. seven questions in a row because I just, I don't get it. 
Yeah, and it, plus, plus the, the timing is so wonky because, you know, Sword in the Stone was a movie made in, like, 1977 or something. And if all this stuff happened, like, a decade ago, then, you know, did, Merlin, did Merlin prophesy it to the author or something like that? Camelot wasn't frozen, correct? During the first curse? It doesn't appear so, no. Well, I just don't remember because Lancelot was mm. in that bubble. Yeah, you know what? Actually, that's true. Lancelot was in that bubble. So I wonder... I, I, He's I, gone now. It, but... <laughs> and Arthur doesn't seem like 50 years old either. No. So but time there's... could also go, be different. Yeah, we be... don't know the time length. Well, I think Adam has said that time runs concurrently. Oh, okay. I, I, I believe so. But I mean, again, it could be some sort of like frozen and a curse thing. Maybe they were trapped in that bubble too. Interesting. In the bubble, And maybe nobody... that's why he thinks it's a decade ago <gasps> and it was really 30 years yeah exactly ah! we might have solved it we might have cracked it timelines timelines you know when when they mentioned that uh merlin was a tree and dopey turned into a tree and then we see that fury in mm. the furies part tree as well it reminded me of something i i actually i i did a lot of research into norse mythology for uh infinite tina a book oh. i have coming up out at the end of the year and uh fingers crossed one of the enemies uh, is named uh, – or one of the big concepts is a tree uh, named Yggdrasil, I believe is the uh, – how it's pronounced. But okay. basically uh, it's an immense tree that is central in uh, Norse cosmology in connection to uh, which nine worlds exist. So it's kind of like hmm. kind of like a Jefferson's hat for Norse mythology. And uh, it's connected to heaven. It's connect. The roots are in hell, you know. And uh, then uh, you know, there's our world and some other miscellaneous worlds in in between. You know, the the top of the tree and the the roots. So I'm wondering if maybe that somehow all connects to the realms and everything else. And if you know, we're working with this tree motif. Like I I thought that apparently, yeah. uh, Yggdrasil. It's Y G G D R A S I L. If you want to go look at the wiki page, it might. It might help us uh, spur, spur some uh, theories for you. I, and I, I'm going to be looking at it a little closer, too, although I already have a little bit uh, previous to this. But, yeah, yeah, a lot of tree involvement and stuff. And I also wonder if maybe, like I was saying, maybe Morgana Le Fay is involved, too. Interesting. You know, because she, she's got to show up somewhere in this mix, I think. Okay. But just I because don't, I don't really know her, so I can't really just because jump if, on that. if Arthur's to be believed and the tree is Merlin, then Merlin's in a bad, bad way. And who else but his arch nemesis could put Merlin in such a bad, bad way? Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. just so, thoughts. Sorry, the wheels keep turning. Oh, and Hope also mentions uh, with Norse mythology and everything, we also have Thor's hammer in the show, Oy. which is interesting. Which I actually, you know, what in a lot of ways, I really hope that that isn't the case because I've already written this section of Infinite Tina that uses this and i based all the character archetypes and this was i planned this out before we found out camelot was going to be the first time you've done that either i know but i before camelot was going to be a thing i basically took all the archetypes from the old camelot legends and trans made them vikings and then put them in space more or less so so hopefully uh hopefully they don't get go too far that route because i might have to do a little rewrite (laughs) before december no no we've got this okay so bell and hook bell and hook book are you shipping them i'm shipping everyone tonight everyone's gonna hate you if you ship Bell and I have I have shipping name I have a list of a hundred shipping names just wait go ahead book I, I want to hear them uh, well, no you wait they're in the notes I'm sure they are <laughs> we'll get there okay so I I kind of like how they're like have this weird relationship about like bouncing things off each other going oh did you try this yeah, it's so mm-hmm. hard to love the dark one and mm-hmm. so easy to hate them. And da, 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 da. I don't know. It's really neat to see like there's a lot of those types of relationships. I'm actually going to combine one of my other points to this um, because it's very similar. Cutting and paste um, <laughs> with people who've had issues in the past yeah. coming back around and having a good relationship mm-hmm. like Snow and Regina. Yeah. Where yeah. they had that awful, awful relationship. And it's really changed now. And it's really a little weird, though, because it's kind of like Snow is Regina's mom, too. Mm-hmm. Because how she's like, no, you're going to the hospital. Someone needs to check you. <laughs> like, stuff like that. I mean... But it's nice to see, you know, and she's the first one to step up anytime Regina's in trouble, except when it comes to taking the Dark One dagger. But, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. There's there's lots of, like, good relationships yeah, and I de- I that we don't usually – we haven't gotten to see as much. 
I de- I definitely enjoyed uh, the the kind of like uh, ex Dark One Lovers Club kind of thing they had going yeah, on at Granny's there. Oh, and also uh, a- Angel uh, pasted this gif, uh, saying "Ship all the ships," oh, and no. I-, I just put it up on screen because I loved it. Oh no, I loved it so much. I, I can't see your screen. Well, that's probably oh, best. Okay, that's probably best. Okay, so yeah, yeah, but no, no, I thought it was interesting. I also thought it was interesting that they had they kind of had different takes on it too, like. Hook, Hook was trying to use True Love's Kiss to destroy the Dark One, where, where Belle was trying to use True Love's Kiss to save Rumpelstiltskin, like to, mm-hmm. to, to draw him out of there. Yeah. Where Hook, Hook has already known that Emma's a good person, so he doesn't have, he's not so concerned about like discovering the good person inside, but more destroying the evil thing on the outside. Right, but point. well, he's trying, to, he's trying to break the Dark mm-hmm. One curse. And yeah, but you it, should know that mm-hmm. True Love's Kiss isn't going to do that. Yeah. Exactly. Because, well, mm-hmm. Bell and Rumple. Yeah. <laughs> Exhibit yeah. A, Bell and I'm Rumpel. just saying that, that Hook's Kiss is more destructive, where Bell's was more medicinal. You know what I mean? Okay. So maybe that's why it's not working. Yeah, it could be. Could be. Could be. Could be. Or maybe. Maybe again. Oh, oh, here we go. Shipping all the ships. Well, I was I was going to say maybe Emma's okay. run, running games and, uh, you know, maybe she doesn't. Well, she does say I, I don't need fixed. So maybe she actually really doesn't need fixed. Maybe she or maybe she isn't even the dark one anymore. Maybe she's doing this all with savior power. But then again, that, no, she still has uh, evil, evil rumple in her yeah, head. No, so. she's. She's the dark one. Okay, so you bring up Bell and Hook, and I, do. I, I kind of saw, you know, if Rumple doesn't make it through, I kind of saw a, a new bow in Bell's future. I, and, and we see the, a little, it a little bit in the ball, and that's, mm-hmm. a, I'm going to call the ship Bumpy, <laughs> which is Bell and Grumpy. Because I like Bumpy. 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 bumpy book and bump, bumpy, bumpy. Book or Bumpy. Book or Bumpy? Oh. The ship, the ship, the new shipping yeah, war ship for war. season five. <laughs> Weigh in in the chat room. Bell or, book or book, Bumpy? Book or Bumpy? But uh, Grumpy and Bell already have a history together because yeah. uh, you know they knew each other back in Enchanted Mist Haven, oh, yeah. Enchanted Forest days. You know they back were, when she was allowed to go on adventures and not just look things up in books. Yeah, they kept commiserating at that tavern where the dwarves mm-hmm. would be hanging out, and Grumpy would always give her like a motivational speech. And we see the same thing happen again at the ball in yep. Camelot yep, we do. here. And I, I think I think they would make an interesting couple. Uh, you know, because like I said, they have a history together. He's a big motivator for her, which is something that's very positive in a relationship. Plus Lee Ehrenberg, the, uh, who plays Grumpy, uh, mm-hmm. is a much more prominent character uh, this season already. And My name is Grumpy. I speak for the audience. Exactly. I speak for the trees. Particularly <gasps> ah, dopey. Now he really does speak for the trees. See, that yeah. wasn't relevant when I made the joke earlier. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think I think they could be a good. I think they could be a good ship. You know, if Rumple doesn't make it. I hope Rumple makes it because I love Rumple. He has to make it. Okay, are we on to mine? Yeah, we can go ahead and go to your. Wait, did we get much uh, bumpy or book? No, not really. Um. Well, I got. We oh got wait, a bumpy we got a bumpy hop. friendship. We got a uh, book bumpy since Dreamy Leroy's go to see. Booker Bumpy. Uh-oh, Amy P. quit on us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she left when we started singing. Okay, well, go ahead. And, uh... Um, yeah, there's not much more. Okay, okay, so isn't Blue supposed to be looking after Rumple and the Apprentice? Yes. Isn't somebody supposed to be trying to heal these extremely magical... Mm-hmm. Old, 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 old men. <laughs> like they're yeah. not young on their the, own. Then again, you know, the last time we saw her attending to them was six weeks ago. So who knows what happened to Blue in the last six weeks? <sighs> well, or we don't maybe... even know where we don't even know where the apprentice is. We didn't even get mm-hmm. a peek at him. At least we saw Rumple laying on the cot. <laughs> like oh, Elsie says, Hook plus Bell equals Hell. <laughs> 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 I'll agree with that. I no, but yeah, I mean, maybe you know, Belle could have dismissed her when she got back too. She could have, and she probably. Mm. I mean, they do whatever they can to keep her off the show, and that really irks me <laughs> because that's the character I want to know about. But uh, is anyone actually trying to heal Rumple? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I feel like I'd have been a little more concerned if I was Belle, and uh-huh. it's the first day we've been gone, and we're in Camelot, and there's already like five rose petals mm-hmm. not on the rose. Yeah, or or sometimes there's just a cloud in there too. 
I, okay, I think I noticed that the cloud appears after the six weeks. Oh, okay. I think I'd have to go back, but it seemed more, um, you got Rose mm. before and Cloud Well, after. I almost want to say it was when they came out of Granny's, there was a cloud around it too. I didn't say I was right. Yeah. I yeah. just said I thought. <laughs> and that's where we went wrong. I thought. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, go. Stop. Oh, 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 oh. No, but I, I I did like that scene where Regina was like, "Rumple, you're the reason everyone hates me. It's not because I went evil. It's because of you. It's all because of you." And the well, girl's like, "Hi, Regina. I know. Uh, what it's are like, you did doing she not know here? she was there? Yeah, but then she like pops up and she's all helpful and everything yes. after like Regina was yelling, yelling at her husband. I hate you and everything he, you've done to fault. me. Like, but that that brings up a good point though about uh, the this. Big theme this episode, the big overarching plot, was kind of a lack of faith in Regina. Uh, well, not oh. in Camelot necessarily. Yeah. But, you know, I, everyone not liking or not trusting that Regina is on the up and up, which, you know, we've been through several seasons now. We should know that Regina is on the side of the angels, but people are still doubting her in this episode. Yeah, that was really annoying. Yeah, and, you know, it's a string they've plucked a bunch, uh, but I think they kind of hit the nail, I, or I hit it again this episode, just to show that, yes, uh, she has the full support of the main cast. They, they had to put, call it into question again. Just to make it very obvious to the audience that, yes, okay, the, the whole town's behind her now, so she can uh, l- completely lean into being uh, Savior 2.0, and, uh, and the, the town is there with her, just so no one would have any you know, niggling little doubts as we move on in the season. At least that's the impression I got. I hope they don't do it a lot this season. If they do. Okay, because here was my note. So tired of Regina feeling like she has something to prove. She's good now. She was basically the savior in season four finale. Mm -hmm. Move on. Yeah. Move on. Like, especially in modern story, Brooke, I don't want to see them revisit this again after this episode, after the whole, like, they beat it over the head. Yeah, like... Like, I could see maybe it coming up again in Camelot and the flashbacks. And that would be okay, I think. It's because a flashback, that's all, And yeah. that's a whole new group of characters to d- distrust Regina. <laughs> but, I mean, if, if for the people in town to distrust her at this point, after everything she's done to save them, I, I, th- I think it's kind of silly. A little bit silly. A little bit silly. So Henry and Violet. Henry and Violet. A little bit silly. <sighs> I don't like it. Hylet? Hylet? Venry? Venry. 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 So she basically in Camelot doesn't even want to give him the time of day until she realizes he has this thing from the savior. Like she already mm-hmm. knows you're, that he is the son. Like, does it really matter that it's a gift? And like, of course he plays it up, you know, typical being like, oh, this was, this was more a token of thanks for saving the town when we were stuck in an alternate timeline. I'm like, really? Really? We're doing that? <laughs> but like, she was really like mean girly. Like she felt really, really mean girly. Like she didn't care. A little until bit he had until she possession. heard that song that they went over and over with again oh it was awful that that reminded me so much of a movie i really really hate with heath ledger oh, called no, no, no. night's tale no because i love where that. it's no, like all no, like sh- heavy metal music sh- over sh- in, in a medieval sh- setting sh- <laughs> i love that movie fair enough fair enough um heath ledger mm-hmm. the obsession began so um but it seemed weird because like in camelot she was like that but in Storybrooke, Henry automatically already seemed to have like a sort of an upper hand on their like mini relationship, and she was much more accepting of mm-hmm. him, um, even before what. Well, it seemed like both of them had kind of like an echo of memory of the stuff in Camelot. I don't know if he did, but she obviously did. She's like, I feel like I've heard this before, mm-hmm. and I, I think that she is either like a crack in the curse, and uh-huh. like she kept some of her memories, like somebody you know didn't shake the whatever enough. Or she's looped in with the Guinevere and Arthur thing. Could be. Very well could. Maybe it's Morgana in disguise, too. That could be it. Uh, There we go. And and May in the chat room asked, random question, what kind of iPod did Henry have? Like a 2005 iPad. An old. No, it was a Nano. Was it a Nano? Yeah, other Amory's like iPod Nano. I'm pretty sure it was um, a Nano Mm -hmm. because it wasn't big. Um, Bobby's on Team Bill Meeks about A Knight's Tale. I, uh, no, I, I did think no, it was Bobby. interesting though that Regina has a thing for apples, and then Henry had a thing with well, apples of with an apple product. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's gonna that happen. was kind of silly. 
Yeah. But uh, yeah, and uh, Elsie's asking, uh, who is Violet in Camelot? Is she Arthur's daughter? I don't think she is Arthur's daughter, though she really mm-hmm. does almost look like a cross between, like, she looks like she could be related to Guinevere. So maybe she's like her niece. Mm-hmm. That would work because she was standing with, like, two other adults. Yeah. And I don't feel like everyone in Camelot would go to a ball like this every night. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, another dance, another dress. Oh yeah, like well, well, she she had to have at least some sort of status to get into the party, right? You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Grumpy was there. Yeah, <laughs> but he he was with the Savior's party. He got in because he was with the cool group. He was with the cool, cool kids. Where was Granny? He was with. Where he was, was Zelina? He was with Judd Nelson going into the Viper Room in the eighties. Anyone could get in with him, you know. So like, where was Selena? I don't know what's going. Selena, on. she was a, the the mute servant, yeah. so she wasn't allowed in the ball. That's true, I guess. She disappeared. Granny disappeared. Doc decided that was a convenient way for Bex Mater to go on a little vacay. Yeah, she's <laughs> like, the I'm going to Okay, sorry, go. Okay, so uh, let's see here. Yeah, okay, so uh, Emma says uh, in the scene at the pier with Henry and Regina after uh, she gets Beetlejuice there and everything, uh, she says you there's a. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Emma Swan, Emma Swan, Emma Swan. She's here. Hold she's on. in the she's room. She's talking with us. to the window right now. Yeah, she's she's just out there. I know, but she says there's a problem heading to Storybrooke that is going to need a savior to solve. But hey, no savior to solve it. So I'm wondering what that problem is because it can't just be the Fury that showed up in this week's episode and no. you know just beat Robin Hood to heck and back. Yeah, I it almost took him to heck and back too, actually. But you know, I was ah! thinking yeah. uh, some ideas. What could it be? Uh, could, it be, could more, it be more? Could it be Morgana? You're just going to keep throwing that one. Around around aren't you well it's, it's relevant saying, it's pretty relevant third um, point with morgana i have a lot of questions here okay could merlin be the real bad guy could it be merlin or some machination of merlin coming to storybrook to wreak havoc but the apprentice but the apprentice yes but i mean you know we we've seen characters go a long long way for a gag on this show before you know <laughs> it's very true i uh, merlin could go that far uh, Maybe. I don't know. Let's see here. Um, you know, and I also thought it was interesting that uh, Emma says that everybody else failed her. And, you, you know, I think uh, she she seems very shaky on her Dark One footing and stuff. I, I think she's faking some aspect of this. For, uh, either she didn't cast the curse or she's kind of trying to manipulate Regina into being the savior because she knows the town needs a savior. And she's actually trying to do good. <laughs> she want regina but, to kill that bothered me too i'm mm-hmm. really loud tonight let's <laughs> cool. um like you know when she's yelling at her going you know you want to be the savior you know do what you need to do and stuff like that i'm like that means she has to kill someone yeah yeah like i mean i know she obviously sacrificed herself but who was mm-hmm. emma thinking we've already sacrificed multiple dwarves to random spells mm-hmm. Sorry, continue. Oh, no, but I, I was just, I, I was thinking, you know, uh, she was, she wanted to give Henry a little hint that she was still cool with him and that mm. things were still ultimately going to be cool. But then again, we, you know, is some stuff we see in the trailer for next week and kind of where they left at the end, maybe not too. Not so cool. And, uh, you know, one thing that, that bothered me that I just wanted to point out that uh, Snow's like, if we win, Emma loses. What but, was uh, that? Yeah, because aren't isn't their goal to rid Emma of the Dark One? So if they win, then Emma's fine, and she's not the Dark One anymore. She doesn't lose because obviously she's not the Dark One anymore. I mean, if they lose, then Emma dies, and then they, then everybody loses. You know, yeah, I didn't. I don't know. Emma dies, or they die, or something. Someone's like dying, that. and oh, oh, and uh, Sage of Earth says says uh, maybe it's the Black Fairy or the original Dark One could be. Ah, another Emery says Johanna did it. <laughs> Johanna did it. I I support. Maybe oh. Johanna was the original Dark One. Maybe Johanna's Morgana Le Fay. Just saying. Downton. Downton. <laughs> Okay, uh, let's see here. Elsie says, I think Emma was telling Regina that Regina needs to sacrifice herself to save Robin, which is what a savior would do. Yeah, well, she did, mm-hmm. but she she, she she made the effort. Obviously, her friend, she got a little help from her friends, so she didn't but actually But that have... included Arthur, mm-hmm. which is why it was weird. Was Arthur yes. in, there, in that group? Yes. I thought it was just I Snow, it. I thought it was nope, Snow, Charming, and Grumpy. Nope. Oh, interesting. Snow, Charming, Grumpy, and Arthur. Okay, so <laughs> other Anne-Marie says, I'm sticking to my theory of Emma. Emma getting pregnant and giving birth to the Dark One. Ew. Okay. 
Okay, huh. going to get that mental image out of my head here. Okay, Amory, out of 340 shipping combinations of Hook, <laughs> Grumpy, Bell, and Granny, how many shipping combinations do you give this episode? Oh. 284. Why? Meh. Meh? Meh. I really like, I mean, obviously I've been yelling the whole time, so that's never a good sign. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, I have other things even in my head, like, I, well, I can't come up with them now, but I was like, why? I'm just like, meh. Mm-hmm. I, I, when you got so excited over it, I was like, are we watching the same show? Cause we I were, just, we were we just were. at different times. We were at different times and yeah, that's nope. fair. I uh, like it. see. As for me, I think I'm going to have to give it, uh, you know what? I'll give it 315 shipping combinations of hook, grumpy, bell and granny. That's one of our biggest differences in a while. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was really strong. I thought it, there was a, it put a lot of questions into my head, which are always the episodes I love the best because mm-hmm. they get me thinking, they get me theorizing, they get me talking about Johanna being Mor- Morgana Le Fay. And I, I, I really just li- liked it overall. I thought it was really strong, way stronger than, say, season episode two of last season, for sure. And uh, I, I really think that uh, Hook, uh, Grumpy, Belle, and Granny should enter into a polygamous relationship. That's all I'm saying. So it would be uh, Frommel Annie. Stop it. Stop okay. trying to do that. Okay. What do they got over in the chat room? Let's see. Over here, we've got Bobby gives it 270, other Anne Marie, 325. Amy P, 300. Sage of Earth, 340 out of 340. Nice. Hope, 307. Angel, 290. Oh, I, 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 May, I, I, I will say that Sage of Earth uh, had such a high score for it because she thinks that they're teasing Hades, that Hades uh, from Hercules is coming oh. to Once Upon a Time, which I could see. I could definitely see. Okay, okay. Because of the whole, uh, yeah. you know, underworld... Uh, I got you. I got you. And uh, May says about 300 out of 340 shipping combinations. I said that. Okay. So let's see here. I guess now, what time is it? It's time to go on to the news. News. First up, the ratings. Once Upon a Time was a 1.8. However, in Quantico, which I guess was accurate. I copied the sentence. Yeah, it was a 1.9. However, both retained all of their 18 to 49 numbers from the premiere week. So they didn't go down at all. They didn't go down. They didn't go up. I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see them go up. That's all I got. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think uh, I, 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 I think that's okay though. Like that's I, a, I mean, it's I better liked, to stay steady than to go down. Because la- last last year at this time, where we're getting like two point two, two point four. Yeah, a that's because it was frozen, and you had mm. all the kids begging their moms to let them stay up to watch Elsa. But but then again, these aren't these aren't uh, adjusted for DVR and all that right. stuff. Right, we don't usually get those till like too. Wednesday or Thursday. Okay, so uh, now I guess we'll go ahead and take a look at the trailer for next week, which is called Siege Perilous, uh, which is a kind of fun fun title here. Let's see here. First of all, of all, Evil Emma again. To pull Excalibur from the stone. Pull Excalibur from the stone. Dark one, tell me what it is. All I need is your trust. Looks like a very Captain Swan heavy episode, which I'm excited about. And then Emma's trying to hit the Excalibur with the shovel for some reason. Because that's helpful. Why doesn't she just hit King Arthur with the shovel? Because she doesn't know he's evil yet. But he could still pull the sword from the stone. Next Sunday at 8, 7 central on <laughs> But it looks like an interesting episode. It'll be interesting. Yeah, It'll definitely. Be interesting. Yeah, oh, yeah. and then we actually have news this week. Oh, yeah, we do, don't we? Go yep. ahead go ahead and tell the people the news. Hey, guess what? Emily DeRaven's pregnant. Somebody's Pragers. We, we've had pregnancy announcements on both of our fan casts over the past couple weeks. No, oh, the past week. Past week, <laughs> past yeah. Past week. So Emily DeRaven is expecting her first child with her boyfriend, Eric Oh, Hope, Hope points out that Emma's wearing uh, the date dress in the promo from when Hook, her and Hook went on the date and he oh. had the handbag and stuff. So that's interesting. Interesting. I didn't Maybe know. she's trying to win him back. That's she, what I think yeah. she's trying to do. She, her because hair, he, he soundly rejected her this week. Well, and his hair's not the white. Her hair's not the white. It's just mm. her regular blonde. Yeah. So, yes. So she is having a baby. You know what? Maybe okay. she maybe she's trying to uh, get him to be the hero to pull the sword from the stone. 
I bet she is playing that. Yep. 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 Emma's running games. Emma's running games. And congratulations, Emily. Yeah, I was like, you know, I'm just trying to talk about babies over here, but that's fine. Babies. Babies. Yeah. So I wonder if they'll they'll I don't know if they're going to like a a rumple and Bella having a baby kind of thing. Um, I think it depends. It didn't say. Or maybe 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 she'll have a baby bumpy from Grumpy. A baby bumpy from Grumpy. A baby book. A baby book? No, probably not. I know. Okay, uh, so next week after you're done watching Siege Perilous, take a pregnancy test. Make sure you're not uh, with child (laughs) from Grumpy's baby. Oh, my God. Make sure you don't have Grumpy's baby. Then email us, greetingsfromstorybrook at gmail.com. Tweet us at gfstorybrook. Facebook is facebook.com slash greetingsfromstorybrook. And the voicemail number is 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. Two three five two, and let me find the uh, things here. Uh, hold on one second. I think I have. We're right holding. Um, we're um, holding. Are we holding? Are we still holding? Are, are we? We, still holding? we are still holding. Okay, here's the first uh, voicemail. Sing me a story. Sing me rhyme. Bumpy, 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 bumpy. Once upon a time, no, for real. Uh, here's Bobby. Take it away, Bobby. Hey, Bill and Amory, it's Bobby. Uh, after last week. Uh, I was really looking forward to this episode because it felt like we were jumping like headfirst into this season. And unfortunately, this season or this episode just felt like kind of a standstill. Uh, we really Ooh. didn't learn too much uh, about like um, what Emma's motives are or mm-hmm. what happened in Camelot. She's running games. Uh, all we really learned is that uh, if you leave Storybrooke, you turn into a tree. <laughs> um, other than that, actually, we did learn, like, I felt like this episode was about, like, accepting who you are. Um, Regina, you know, feeling like she isn't worthy of being a, a savior and having to fake it when she doesn't have to fake it. She, you know, don't do it or don't, uh, what is it? Don't dream it, be it. <laughs> uh, Don't fake it till you make it. You made it, baby. Um, but and then Emma, you know, unfortunately, she's the dark one, and she has to accept being the dark one. I mean, there has to be a dark one. If there's dark, wherever there's light, there has to be dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, she's the bearer of the dark at this point. Um, although I do agree with Bill that there's some sort of thing going on there with Emma. Where maybe she's like got some sort of ulterior motive as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, let's face it. So did uh, Rumple when he was the dark is. one. Uh, yes. Just like uh, the dark one is telling Emma now uh, to try. It looks like she's he's trying to tell her to kill all the people <laughs> that she loves. It looks yeah. like that's the price. That if she truly wants to become the dark one, she has to snuff out all the light in her life. And yeah. that's mm-hmm. kind of messed up. <laughs> but. but there it is. Um, Being a dark thing one at the easy. end with the whole Guardians of the Galaxy rip off the whole Care Bear stare thing. That was just kind of uh, cheesy and stupid. And uh, like I said, I mean, although I liked I liked um, seeing Regina and Emma have to explore the different um, sides of their personalities and have to accept for who they are. I even liked some of the things Emma was saying. It's like. When she told Hook, this is who I am. Why can't you accept me for it? Mm-hmm. Um, There's nothing know. wrong with me. And I, I, I know you guys thought Arthur was kind of creepy. I'm thinking maybe Guinevere is kind of creepy, hey. but maybe that's yes. just me. High five. Uh, kind of a short email this or voicemail <laughs> this week because, like I said, I just kind of felt like this episode kind of went nowhere uh, for me anyway. So I'm going to give it uh, 594 of 672 leaves from a dopey tree. <laughs> Thank you very much, Bobby. Okay, uh, next up we have one from Anthony. Take it away, Anthony. Hi, Bill and Emery. This Howdy. is Anthony calling. Howdy. So my first reactions for this episode was great. I mean, like, I like the way how they are portraying uh, Camelot in, in a different way. Everything just seems like very, you know, very up to standard. I really feel like this season is going to be better than the rest. I love the uh, point of view on how on how they actually state on how on how magic really does come with a price. You know, mm-hmm. like they are they are like they are making that that statement that discussion that point. You know, very 
very you know down down to a T so that we can un- so, so that we can actually understand. So I actually like this episode really much. I like for the fact that people are now starting to trust Regina in a different way. Mm-hmm. I like how she's becoming into filling the the role of a savior. Um, I like for the fact that now the uh, seven daughters are, are getting much more of a part. I also love the relationship that Henry is getting with um the uh, little princess there. Uh, th- this whole episode was great. If I had to rate it, I would give it probably 9.75 um, Dark One's um, Daggers. So uh, <laughs> looking forward to actually hearing from you guys, you and Marie, and um, hope to uh, hear you guys' uh, discussion and everything. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you very Thank much, you so Anthony. much, Anthony. Always great to hear from you. And Anthony always messages me because we had him on as a guest during the Wonderland days. Mm-hmm. And so he Which has, they're discussing in the chat. Yeah, so he has my Skype. So he, he always messages me on Skype. And I guess he's doing a couple uh, fan casts of his own now. One for oh. Scandal and one uh, for another Ooh. show, too. I hear like, good things about that. Definitely. Which definitely. means I'll have to like sit and Netflix binge <laughs> watch it when it gets canceled. Okay, but you want to <laughs> go ahead and read this one from Alina? All right, it's from Alina. Really enjoyed it, Smiley Face. The ending dark one monologue was haunting but powerful the pull of the family was so desperate we so desperately to protect the friendships that make it possible to forget who we used to be the magic that threatened the undo the most evil things the love that refuses to give up on us we can't escape the reach of the light Ooh, interesting <laughs> leaving storybrook across the town line trap makes you trapped like a tree like merlin um, LOL, loved Regina's sass. You're lucky you're not locked in Granny's freezer. Um, <laughs> uh, how the hell are you going to give a tree a taco? Yes, that was good. However, I'd like a taco. Uh, Emma's place. Nice place, but it was empty. Um, you can absolutely tell that Jennifer is having a lot of fun with the new role. Very much so. Uh, love that Snow and Charming taught Regina how to dance. And then questioned her evil queen dress choice. That's right. Because it was one of these types of dresses. Can you see oh, that? Hold on. Let me. Uh, there we go. It's one of these types of very revealing pointy black Can you get and a red. Little, a little less Universe evil. Boxio. A little less evil. A little less boxio. And then it was like baby pink and rhinestones. Perfect. Uh, loved that Snow got to experience a ball with Emma and they both look stunning. Uh, charming giving Henry girl advice. You're from another land. You're mysterious. Uh, Violet and Henry bonding over music on his iPod. The entire scene was lovely, very Disney movie-esque. Yes, it was, mm. with the spinny skirt. Uh, the Dark Swan and Regina scene was excellent. Really great acting. Loved how everyone banded together with Regina to stop the fury. I just hope it's a group effort in saving the town and Emma, not just one person. Uh, the promo for next week looks heartbreaking. Oh, yeah. It, Thank it, you, Alina. It, it'll be interesting. Thank you, Alina, very much. Okay, next up we have a voicemail from our old friend Don O'R. Take it away. Hey, not not saying age, just saying that, you know, we've been friends with Don for a long time. Take it away, Don. Hi, Bill and Emery. This Hi. is Don O'R. Happy new season of Once Upon a Time. It's exciting, isn't it? I think it is. Yes. Um, I just wanted to let you know I'm still there and um, I'm watching. I'm not good at getting my feedback in in a punctual manner, but I think um, I mean. Well, that's your deal, right? I was about Daylight to say, is this about the premiere, reviews? right? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Called early enough. So um, my thoughts, um, the price. Um, I don't, well, you know, I'm just trying to start into the story and I'm not picking apart, um, you know, inconsistencies and things like that, like that I was really distracted with the Spice Girls of Evil because everything <laughs> they did didn't make enough sense to me. And I'm like, why, you know, everything, like, why is she wearing her hair like that? And like, and then I was making up like fanciful, uh, theories for things that never panned out because I, I just I think I just wasn't like absorbed into the story like I am right now. Um I really liked that device. Um, you know, when they walked into Camelot and we thought it was over and then all of a sudden they were back in Storybrook and and I forgot their memories and you're like, Oh no, again <laughs> But then I'm like, you know, that's what they do on the show. That's how they do it on this exactly. show. So I'm like I am ride the ride and, and I'm riding it and and uh, all the questions are things that I expect will be resolved later, and I'm just watching as it goes. Um, I don't think Emma's fully dark. That's the only theory I got so far. I, I think that um, she's not really turned because her, her skin was going to – it was going uh, – gold when she used dark magic she saw uh the dark dermatologist and got it fixed so she's not fully turned yet um or she'd be gold that's my theory but um (laughs) that's not really 
that big or earth battering theory. Um, what else do I have? Um, oh yeah, doesn't she look Hitchcock like a, a cool blonde? Right? Uh, oh, look yeah. it up. <laughs> Google uh, Hitchcock cool blonde, and you'll know what I'm talking about if you haven't already approached that. Um, that's it. That's all I got. Thanks for your podcast. I love it. Bye. Bye. Thank you very much, John. I'm going to do that right now, Google Hitchcock. Shall I move on? Nope, not yet. Okay. Cool blonde, because cool we have to figure blonde. out what this, what she means by this. I know nothing. Hitchcock. Okay, yeah, just because, uh, yeah, he he was very fond of uh, casting uh, blondes that were beautiful, but not exactly bombshells. Like, he wasn't casting Marilyn Monroe. He, he was casting... You know, just very well put together uh, blondes in his movies. I, here's a couple examples here I'll show on the screen real quick, like a, mm. like a Carlotta Valdez and, and uh, what's her name, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's mom in Psycho and all of that. Uh, so, okay, uh, yeah, you want to go ahead and read the next one here? Okay, sure. Uh, this one's from Ash Hayen and Bill. While everyone looked gorgeous and dashingly full of swagger in Camelot, and <laughs> Emma and Bell were dropping truth bombs all over the place. Yay, action daddy charming. Woohoo! Um, the Really, they all should have known how secrets cause problems by now, but I understand why they did it. Uh, I loved how Graham's Charming gave Henry some advice, though technically he did have a crush on Grace first, but so cute. <laughs> um, and looks like we had um, Charon, Charon, I don't know, this time around. So maybe some more of the Greek group will show up as well, mm -hmm. or a mix of Celtic too. Uh, yeah, we're getting some uh, votes for the uh, Greek mythology in the chat room Oh, as there's, well, so. there's always been votes for Greek mythology in the chat room. Um, I loved how Belle and Grumpy had another buddy moment in the montage. Grumpy. Oh my gosh. Act my heart and holy smokes, epic questing time. Woohoo! I'm going to give this one nine princesses and the poppers switcheroos. <laughs> Cheers and hugs, Ash. Thank you, Thank I, you, Ash. Ha have a very bumpy day, Ash, for sure. Bumpy, bumpy, bumpy. Okay, uh, next up we ha have a voicemail from our, our, our another old friend. Uh, Amy P, take it away, Amy. Hey, Bill and Marie, this Hello. is Amy P, and I thought I would call in and give my thoughts on tonight's episode. Excellent. I really like tonight's episode. Um, I'm not normally a Regina fan, or at least I wasn't in the beginning, but I like how they're kind of turning her into a hero, and I like how this episode was for her character. My favorite part kind of had to be when Charming was teaching Regina how to dance. I just thought it was a cute kind of moment. Mm -hmm. As for the whole fury Unexpected. kind of um, theme they had, I was a little bit scared that um, because they were showing Roland, I thought he was going to maybe die or he was going to be the one taken. I was kind of glad he wasn't, a little, but I'm um, also kind of glad no one really died in this episode. But anyway, um, one thing I didn't really understand about this episode, though, was why Belle brought the rose to the dance or the ball. <laughs> mm -hmm. She wanted to dance with her rose. That's all. It just seems kind of weird that she would be carrying around that big bell jar. Anyway, um, hope you guys have a good show. I will talk to you later. Bye. Yeah, and Amy, uh, your, your voicemail did sound weird. I wasn't sure why. Sadly, I didn't have time to try and uh, fix it. It sounded like it was almost playing double or something. Yeah. But uh, thank, thank you very much. Thank for you for calling our, Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. We, have, we have another last-minute voicemail here from our, our old friend Donna Ward. Don. Don, we already talked to you. Yeah. What are you, you doing, Don? Hi, it's Donna Ward again. Um, I just remembered when I put the phone down that there was one thing that was like inconsistent that took me out of the story. And that was, um, do you really think that, that Henry likes that song? Like, do you really think that's what he <laughs> listens to? Like, do you really think that Henry is listening to like gay dance club hits from the eighties? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. I know Storybrooke was frozen in time, so maybe. Like, it just doesn't seem what like that's that where he would be listening. I, I don't know. I would have liked them to have been playing, If I Could Turn Back Time. Which I believe actually is a gay dance club. Or oh, yeah. Club song oh, yeah. I don't know what he would listen to. I'd have to think about that, like, in some detail, like, what music would Henry listen to. But that's not it. I don't know how you feel about it, but that's Slip not back. it. And certainly, do you think that's what he'd pick to woo teenage girls? Like, would he go with, like, 
what's now like One Direction or something. I, I don't think that Henry listens to One Direction either. I, I have to think about it. I'll get back to you on that. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you very much again, Don. Thank you. And uh, let's see here. Uh, well, actually, you know, we'll play this one from Michael Lucero, and then we'll wrap it up with a, a late letter from Tracy. Uh, take it away, Michael. Hey, Bill and Anne Marie. It's Michael. Uh, I really liked this episode. Uh, not as good as the first one, but still very strong. Uh, I really liked Henry's uh, initially awkward uh, approach of Violet. Uh, it seems like he's grown a lot since then, uh, since Camelot, since he made the approach on his own without any encouragement the second time. It kind of feels like a callback to season one. Even though their memories are lost, these characters past uh, still manages to carry over and filter through in interesting ways. I also love the song that they used both times. Uh, it's called Only You, and it's by an 80s British synth-pop band called Yazoo. And not only is it a great song, it's also a Fringe reference. Um, for once, I'm talking about Fringe instead of Lost. Um, uh, <laughs> but now you I are. actually know the song through that show. They used it at the, at the end of the first episode of their final season in a really moving, uh, almost tear-inducing moment about how music can give us hope in bleak situations. So I think that's really interesting because they have been playing with hope a lot in this episode as well. Uh, I'm pretty curious about Emma wanting to reunite the dagger with Excalibur. It seems like she has the same goal as Arthur did, though for her own evil intentions. And I remember Merlin at the beginning of last episode telling her not to take Excalibur from the, from the stone. And in that scene, he said that the wrong action for the right reasons is still the wrong action or something along those lines. In this case, assuming that Arthur really is a good person and doesn't have his own sinister motivations, uh, which that scene with Guinevere kind of hinted that maybe he might, but assuming that he doesn't, it, it seems like Emma's actually doing the precise inverse of what Merlin warning, uh, the right action for the wrong reasons. So I wonder how that's going to play out. What happens if they are reunited? I don't know, but I, I bet I'm going to really enjoy finding out. So, all in all, I'd give this episode 4.1 out of 5 pieces of voyeuristic jewelry. All right. Can't wait to hear the episode, and uh, y'all take care. Bye. I also really appreciated how the jewelry was able to uh, to change cameras, you know, mid-scene. That was nice, too. Yeah, and, and, and we did – unfortunately, we, we got a ton of voicemails. We got week. a ridiculous amount of voicemails. I think you like, all decide mm-hmm. – like, we're tired of hearing us say your words and just called them in. Which is fine. Yeah, definitely. We love voicemails. But we're going to try and keep it short yeah, keep for the, the voicemails. To, uh, well, we try and keep the episode, the episode to around an hour and ten minutes or uh, Which is where too. we're at right now. And, and you know, we always uh, – even if we don't get to your voicemail, we always try and bring in what you have to say in chat too. Yes, so and if we, you're in the chat, we can mm-hmm. you know reference what you're saying. Yeah, but seriously, uh, I don't think we even used a fifth of the voicemails no. we got. And we, we've already been about 12 minutes in voicemail. So right. no, no offense to anyone who – we ended up having to cut. We tried to get uh, some people who ha- who weren't here la- who weren't in last week anyway to get in there. I know we always try and play them, but uh, we we didn't get to as many as we would like to. Yep. Oh wait, there's one more that we haven't played yet. Stop doing that to her. Sing me a story. Sing me a rhyme. Sing all about what happened once upon a time. Okay, our last uh, one here from uh, Tracy Miller, who sent this in uh, last week. Last week, while we were recording. recording. Uh, Tracy says, oh my god, uh, this was so worth the wait. I loved, loved this episode and can't wait to hear your opinion. Okay, so yeah, we lost our memories again, but I'm so psyched to see what happened. The one-liners were great, and it just felt like we were headed in a great direction. Yay, and welcome back, everyone. Uh, So thank you, uh, Tracy. Thank you, Tracy. And, uh, you know, next week, uh, when you're done watching the episode... You know, after you get done with your pregnancy test, make sure you're not bumpy. Oh, oh, that's so wrong. Email greetings from storybrookgmail.com. Twitter at GFStoryBrook. The Facebook is facebook.com slash greetings from storybrook. And the voicemail number is 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. See, and now that you know we're going to have to start limiting just for time, it's a competition. Yes, it is. Short voicemails are awesome. Yeah. Short and sweet, and we can mm -hmm. play more people, but it's just when they start doing this that it's really hard to play more than 
a couple. Yeah, because generally we have like ten or fifteen minutes for, for and that's even for pushing feedback it uh, yeah. in the episode. So uh, you, you know, if if you can get like a minute, minute and a half, like way more likely to get into. Definitely. Exactly. Okay, so Anne Marie, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at amd simone. And as for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Bill Meeks. Uh, you can follow all of the podcasts we do, including Legends of Gotham, about yep. Gotham, Coming and tomorrow. Universe Box, the podcast about everything, stories set to a theme, at universebox.com. Oh, and uh, you know what? You can find me uh, at the 7-Eleven down the street. Uh, about, in about 20 minutes, I'm going to get a chili dog. Uh, so Chili dogs? Chili dogs. Do you like chili dogs? I love chili dogs. Excellent. Well, I, th- I, I, think, I think it's time to go. All right. So let's go ahead and go. And uh, until next time. Greetings from Storybrook. No, it's just if I have it up in the player. It's just me enjoy it. Sorry. if If I have it up in the player, I have to play it.